Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny digital room. Oh, no, it's not digital today. Welcome back to the physical tiny room. I am Michael, one of the co-hosts of the of the program called Michael and Benjamin's podcast. But somewhat ironically, I am not joined today by Benjamin. Instead, I am joined by the man who has been called one of the sons of the outlaw who assassinated the man known as Liberty Ford. It's Shane. That's the sweetest thing you've ever said. <laughs> you see, Shane, what I've done there is I've mixed together the names of lots of different westerns. Arguably the greatest genre of films ever made. Well, Shane, that we will argue. But first, as our special guest this week, I would like to do you the honour of letting you introduce the theme music. Michael, play the theme music. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any Very good, excellent. Okay, Shane, I, that was a bit shouty. I do apologize. Shane, let before we talk about westerns, let's talk about some of the news of the week. Yes, let's do a one-word review of each news item. Okay, let's talk about it more to fill out time. Excellent. But for those people who are pressed for time, they can just listen to the short review. Yes, uh, kind of an Instagram highlight sort of thing. Yeah, Shane. The biggest news this week was probably the trailer for Once Upon a Deadpool. Good. <laughs> it was a good trailer, wasn't it? Yeah, it makes me want to see the movie without giving away too much. Yeah. Now, Shane, would you like to fill us in on what sort of conceit they're using in the in the trailer? Listeners might remember last week where Ben admitted that he didn't know who William Goldman was. Yes. And thus proved to the world what a tool he is. <laughs> Clearly, Ryan Reynolds does know who William Goldman is. Yes. And has used the conceit of wrapping up a PG Deadpool in a Princess Bride style, a frame with Fred Savage. Yeah. Shane, here's a question. Yes. Which we didn't talk about before the podcast, so I'm springing it on you now. Excellent. Do you think that this is going to be just Deadpool 2, or do you think it will be parts of Deadpool 1 and 2 combined together? I'd say it will be parts of Deadpool 1, 2, and other stuff to fluff it out a bit. Do you think that the other stuff will be exclusively Fred Savage and Ryan Reynolds in a bedroom, or do you think they'll add more to make it a bit crimbusy? There might be crimbusy stuff. There might also be joining scenes where they've had to cut out, you know, the old, the old ultraviolence. Mm. Well, what I was thinking was Deadpool 2 on its own, if you cut out the violence, wouldn't be enough to make a film. But if you included the Fred Savage stuff... And a little bit of the origins from the first film, that would make a Princess Bride esque tale. It would. Or would you be happier, Shane, as a fan of the Princess Bride and somewhat of a fan of Deadpool, but not really? Would you be happier if it took a risk and, let's say, messed with the ending and didn't do a real ending or something like that? To be honest, as the type of fan I am of The Princess Bride, I'd be happier if they just left it the fuck alone. <laughs> a kind I, of obsessive fan. Yeah, I'd really like to know that Ryan Reynolds and all of the celebrities that I like are fans and enjoy it as much as I do, mm -hmm. but I prefer they didn't touch it. 
at the risk of sullying its memory. Shane, from the cast of The Princess Bride, who yet lives? Um, Fred Mandy Savage. Patinkin. Yeah. He's in some sort of criminal minds or something. Mandy Patinkin has gone a bit mad, hasn't he? He's very anti-violence. Yeah. Is that what classes is mad in this yeah. strange new world we live in? <laughs> yeah. He, he certainly wouldn't like to be involved in a Deadpool. He mightn't like to be involved in a Deadpool. But then again, there's a couple of people who probably wouldn't like to be involved in a Deadpool at the risk of being skewered. Yeah. Also, Andre the Giant. Uh, Andre the Giant would like to be involved because it would mean he was alive. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't like anything, Shane, because he's dead now. Yeah. He's dead. Um, Death is the end of all things. Is that a Princess Bride quote? No. Oh, that's a shame. It's just nihilism. Do you have a... <laughs> <laughs> just run-of-the-mill nihilism. Do you have a fitting uh, Princess Bride quote for us, Shane? Oh. Just on the spot. <laughs> Very quickly there. Um... No, no, they've all don't. escaped me, you prick. <laughs> the famous quote, they've yeah. all escaped me, you prick. Um, so yeah, Shane, here's the thing. Do we really want to spend, and we live in Ireland, Shane, do we want to spend the guts of €17 Euro each to go see a film that we've mostly already seen? Well, I have to because I love the book yeah. and the film. Deadpool? No, the other one. The Princess Bride? That one, yeah. Not enough to know any quotes from it. Not on the spot. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like you've accidentally started a podcast. You did know this was happening. I did, but you didn't mention there'd be quotes. <laughs> I did. Remember you were going to make some up about Ben? Oh, yeah. We were going to misattribute quotes to Ben. Yeah. That's why I was trying to set that up. Never mind. Look, we'll get better at this as we, we go along. Um, That's the theme of the podcast, really, isn't it? Yes. Getting better. Uh, Shane, speaking of your hero and mine, Ryan Reynolds... Yes, um, he has heroically stolen an idea that Netflix has already done with Happy. Go on. He is the talking character, Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. that some other character is the only one who can hear him. Oh, is that the conceit of Happy? Yeah, Happy is an imaginary creature. Okay. Um, that helps him solve a crime. But ha- but Pikachu isn't an imaginary creature. No, but... Well, I mean, Pikachu is an imaginary creature, obviously, <laughs> but... In the film, he's a real creature. Yes, but he's real in the same way that my dog is real. The voices that you hear from my dog are largely in my head. Oh. Aren't they? I don't... What does he say? Mostly just wanting food. <laughs> and Princess Bride quotes yeah. that you can't come up with at the moment. He's not fond of Ben. It's <laughs> a good, good Ben bashing today. Yeah. Uh, that track has skipped there a little bit. I wonder what that's going to sound like in, in post-production. Um... Did you think that Detective Pikachu looked good? Yes. I was surprised. You you forgot to do your one-word review. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I was surprised because it started and I was thinking, oh, this doesn't look like it's for me. And then I saw his little Pikachu face and I thought, this might be for me. And then he started talking and I said, that's Ryan Reynolds. Well, I didn't. I actually said, who's that? Who's that? I said, partner, because we don't say her name on the podcast. Partner, who's that? Who is that? And she figured it out first. Oh, well done. Yeah, I was very disappointed in myself and my pop culture knowledge. One partner treat for her. (laughs) A little biscuit. A little biscuit. Yes. Heart-shaped and wrapped in a ribbon, no doubt. Yes. Um, It's it's a weird one, though, isn't it? Because it's it's weird to mix a Ryan Reynolds sassiness with something which is usually so sincere as Pokemon. Yes. And, like, the sincerity of Pokemon is what I missed out on. It was I was too old for it when it kind of hit our shores. Mm-hmm. Never got any interest in it because it was a kid's cartoon and I was a teen. 
I think you would have been close to college, I think. Would I? I think it came out when we My were... younger brother, who was nine years junior to me, yes. was into it. That right. was the that was the age. Okay. I watched it. But I think I watched it largely instead of going to college. Hmm. Interesting. Admittedly you watched your cats in the back garden largely instead of going to college <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's also true. So it's Go about on. it was about as entertaining. Listen. As the politics of four cats fighting. Listen, young listeners. College. Overrated. Yeah. Don't learn don't. a trade. Yeah. Start a podcast, earn millions that way. Yeah, podcast millionaires. That's that's where the money is. Podcast millions. Um, yes, I watch Pokemon. I think it would be tragic if they don't have the famous theme tune in Detective Pokemon. Maybe as a closing credits song. They might have with Ryan Reynolds. He's likes a good he, self reference. Do it. He could he sing could. it. He could sing it a little. How would what does Ryan Reynolds sound like? If Ben were here, he'd do a good oh, Ryan ben, Reynolds he voice. Does do good voices. Yeah, you do a Ryan Reynolds there for us. No. Okay, good. They're very accurate. Um, yeah, so, I mean, because I've always wanted to be the very best, like no one ever was. That was me doing Ryan Reynolds, doing... Ben? Doing Ben, doing, ben, doing Ryan Reynolds, doing the Pikachu, doing the Pokemon soundtrack theme music. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, good spot on. Speaking, Shane, of entirely unnecessary remakes of things... I've kind of ruined your yeah. bit there. You have a bit. We, we, you watched, because I didn't have time, because I had to drive to Port Leash and back four times today. Um, that's a whole other For story. For any of our international listeners, Port Leash, it's worth driving to and back from. <laughs> Once. Yeah, not, maybe not. Not multiple times. It's been a long day. Um, Shane, what was I saying there about The Lion King? <laughs> you were about to introduce The Lion King yes. we were going to talk about. Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer. What did you think of it? Because I haven't seen it. Why? Why am I asking you this? No. Once again, we're on a podcast. Oh, okay, the, this, the premises are, are, are chats. Yeah. Yeah, just why bother? Why? Because, I mean, cynical reason or uh, real reason? Even cynical. Surely if you had as much money as it's going to, talk to, make, or going to take to make this film, mm -hmm. you could just make an other, different, good film. But that film, Shane, wouldn't be guaranteed to make money. This isn't guaranteed to make money. Yes, it is. Surely there are lots of people like me looking at it going, I'm not going to bother my whole scene that. I already own the VHS of that movie. <laughs> I have no way of playing it. Yeah. Sometimes I lick the tape and imagine what it would look like playing back. Um, no, I think, Shane, when did The Lion King come out? 90... Again, my younger brother was a child. He was born in 91, would have liked it when he was about five, so I'm going to say... You're going to go 96? 94 to 97, sometime in there. I think it's a bit earlier, because your brother would have seen it on VHS True. after it finished up in the cinema. Yeah, I'm that used to take two years, Yeah, almost. If, if bloody kids these days... Kids these days, they don't know what they've got. Their smartphones... <laughs> That's a different song. I'm going to look it up. You kind of freewheel there, Shane, while I look up. Okay, anyway. yeah. So the trailer, I watched it. It looked like a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the movie. And I just can't understand why. And I thought initially maybe it was a testament to man's constant fight with nature. And they'd wrangled all of these animals. Mm. But it's all CG. Mm. So... It was wrangling, I suppose, Koreans into animating it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... Aren't they still the powerhouse of like worldwide animation? I'm not saying what you're saying there is racist. I'm just saying that maybe Disney are. Oh. Um, the Lion King came out in 1994. See? Nailed it. Shane, I feel that you and I together saw the remake of The Jungle Book. 
Did we? Did we? Didn't we? I know. I mean, I've seen so many remakes of the Jungle Book. The, did you see the recent Jean Favreau live-action version? No. Oh, well then, I didn't see it with you. No, that sounds like something you might go with to with you. Go to with your partner. With my good lady friend. Yes. Um, I don't think it would be, because I think she generally doesn't like watching films where animals might be in peril. Yeah, that's pretty much what the Jungle Book is about. Yeah, it's animals in peril, basically, and, and a, a precocious, precocious boy. It would have been better if she didn't go because she thought Rudyard Kipling was a racist. <laughs> he might have been. Oh, he definitely was. Was he? Oh, yeah. Like a classic, like a H.P. Lovecraft level racist, or just a... Uh, just Imperial English racist. Ah. Ah, these darkies, the locals. What, what? Yes. <laughs> as soon as we put down their rebellion and stop them asking for rights, then we'll have some tea. Yes. Some good British tea. Um... No, that's not why she just doesn't like animals in peril, oh. even if they're evil animals. Um, but Can animals be evil? Isn't that just a human construct? Well, that's a very moral, relativistic way of looking at things. That's isn't how it, I look at things. I don't like to see things in right or wrong. Hmm. You know, I like to take each situation as it comes and find the easiest path out of having to do any work. <laughs> like Hitler? Yeah. No. 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 Surely one of the great leaders. One of... Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, what have I said? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not what I meant. Um, where were we? Yes. I think Jean we were Favreau. digging a hole for ourselves. Dig up. Dig up. Dig up. Jean Favreau said... Jean Favreau remade The Jungle Book. And we were somewhat concerned that it looked like a shot-for-shot remake. And it turned out not to be. For example, the songs were largely different. And the overall plot was the same. Can't but really not be the same. Yeah. Something of a classic. Yes, but, for example, King Louis. Yeah. Do you remember King Louis? Jungle VIP. The Jungle VIP. He was played by Christopher Walken. Oh, excellent. And he was much more sinister. He was a kind of giant King Kong-esque That's ape. what you get when you cast Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. You well, could cast Barney the Dinosaur. You know, and get something nicer, or you could cast Christopher Walken as Barney the Dinosaur and have Godzilla. Yeah, and it'd be pretty sinister. Yeah, it'd be pretty um, good. What I'm saying is, it wasn't a shot-for-shot remake. It 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 was very close, but it wasn't like that Psycho remake by... Who did that? Yeah, I'm making a confused face. The it's Psycho remake. Someone made, remade Psycho, and they genuinely remade it shot-for-shot. Oh, they just did it in colour, didn't they? Yes, and, and with... Of... Uh, with that annoying guy. The guy from... Ben. <laughs> Very good. No, um, the other one. The the guy who's in the comedies. Who, the You know the guy, he's in the John comedies. John Candy. No, he's dead. No, he's dead, yeah. Um, another one. Yeah. Rodney uh, Dangerfield. No, also dead. Um, do, Doesn't matter. He's Ben Stiller's friend, I think. Oh, Kevin James. <laughs> no, that would be good, though, wouldn't it? Kevin James in Psycho. Um... <laughs> So yeah, the 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 internet reaction to it seems positive, because Shane, what you're forgetting is, and I've just read your mind there, so I can tell you clearly what you're forgetting, is that the the nineteen came out in nineteen ninety three, so people who were born in nineteen ninety three like Ben, oh God, for them, it's a before they were born classic. Oh well, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So ripe for a remake. Yeah. For us, born somewhat earlier, it seems a bit silly. Yes. But we have put up with remakes of things 
well we haven't we usually complain about it but oh endlessly remember how <laughs> upset I got at that remake of The Magnificent Seven yes through a legitimate strop you did you had a little hissy fit I did yeah um, we might get to that in a while actually we can swing back around um, but yeah the young people today the young people today Shane they don't know how good they have it with their bloody remakes yeah. and their high definitions so yeah it seems ripe for a remake and don't forget we're coming on the crest of a wave of Disney making massive money from remakes. Jungle Book was very successful. Beauty and the Beast was, I think, the most successful non-superhero movie of last year. Was it? Because it was crap. I haven't seen it. It had Emma Watson in it. It did. And uh, Legion. Yeah, that guy. Can't remember his real name. He's English. He's surprisingly English. Something with a H. David. David. Stephen something. Javier. Yeah. But spelled with a H yeah. instead of a J. Which, that's not how you would spell it. No. Um, by the way, Shane, you know what I watched the other day again? That opening scene from the last episode of Legion Season 2. Yeah. Bloody spectacular. I also watched that again the other day. It's very good. Mostly because since I had seen that scene here with you, yes. I didn't bother watching the last episode. <laughs> so finally got around to watching that. Huh. It was quite good. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah. But um, I that like scene. Yeah, that seems very good. The rest of the episode is a bit weak by comparison. Where what are we talking about? Yes, Lion King. Um, sorry, Crest of a Wave. Disney, uh, Disney, Beauty and the Beast, John Favreau. They did Cinderella, and Cinderella was a very popular remake. Not as massively financially successful as the others, but this is what Disney are doing now. This and Marvel films. Good for them. Yeah, I mean. There's no shame in moral bankruptcy. Have you? <laughs> but all morals are relative. Yeah. Until you start fucking with things that I don't want you to read. <laughs> then you're just categorically evil. Yeah. Did you see uh, any of the trailers for Toy Story 4? No. Nor have I. I don't think I've even seen Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 is very good. Yeah. And A lot uh, of people have said that, but they've also gotten teary about it. Yes. And... Despite my cold, hard exterior, I'm a bit of an emotional wreck inside. You don't want to cry in public? I don't want to cry at the wrong time in public. You, you, <laughs> For example, I watched Up. Yeah. And like everybody cries at the same time in Up. Yeah. Not me. When did you cry? When he gave the little thing at the end. He had a, he had a surrogate father figure. <laughs> don't give a shit about an old lady dying. <laughs> that old lady died. Served her right. Yeah. Shouldn't have been so old. Yeah, fucking time passes. Things happen. Yeah. But your dad. You know? <laughs> Jesus, it's getting weird. Um, Shane, let's. So yeah, you know what the relevance of Toy Story three is. Um, what's his name? Old Snuggly Bear. You haven't seen it, so it doesn't Baloo. matter. No, the the villain in Toy Story three is very much from a Western kind of tradition. Oh, interesting. He's a kind of some sort of baron. Yeah, you could imagine him as a a corrupt mayor. A kind of portly, corrupt mayor who seems like a nice guy at the start, and uh, could be played by Gene Hackman. Yeah, it might have been played by Gene Hackman. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Those, that microphone thing is really jamming into the side of your head. Oh, there. it is. I have a massive head and a tiny microphone headset thing. Yeah, it's really, really sticking in there. I can see it swelling a little bit. Um, so Shane, the reason that we brought you in today. Uh, and got rid of Ben is I I wanted a break personally, uh, but also you'll remember back and people who do listen to us consistently for some reason, you'll remember back to a few months ago 
when we talked about superhero fatigue. Yes, and, I do remember that. And we talked about, it's kind of common these days to say there are too many superhero films, um, their popularity will never last, and that um, people will get fed up with them. They're, they will be the victim of their own success, basically. That people will get so fed up with there being only superhero films that eventually superhero films will fall out of popularity and fall out of favour and they will re- re- the, they'll be replaced by a new genre. And what the people who say this, Shane... I, I, I don't want to name names, but let's say BuzzFeed. Oh, God. oh I hate BuzzFeed. Or maybe Screen Rant. Ooh. Or just Mojo Watch. Mo- watch Mojo. That one, yeah. Ten reasons why superhero S- there are too many superhero films. Cinefix. Yeah. One of, one of our, basically, one of our competitors. Yeah. Massively more successful competitors. <laughs> yeah. They don't even know you're, they're competing with you. Yeah. That's for, that's not great. Um, Maybe so you I, should do more lists. Anytime we've done a list episode, it hasn't been very popular. I think our listeners are a little bit more discerning. Ooh, I well think done, our, listeners. Yeah. I think our listeners are the sort of person who might turn off a thing if it's just about a list. And uh, The list we made of the best Marvel villains was our least popular episode ever. Wow. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Not the episode. It was <laughs> terrible. But, you know, the interesting statistics. Um. Where was I going with that, Shane, before you interrupted me? <laughs> you were doing the decline. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, there you people go. say... Back on track. People say that there is inevitable decline in superhero movies. And what they often point to as a comparison is the rise, dominance, and decline of... And you and I have been arguing about this all week, Shane, so I'm going to be very... I'm going to throw a couple of options at you, and then you tell me which one is the best. Okay. The rise, dominance, and decline of the Western. <gasps> or the cowboy film. <gasps> or the West... I've only got two. The Western again. Yeah. So, Shane... Throw those options, Mick. Throw, I'll catch first them. Of all, first of all, Shane, is a Western a cowboy film? Doesn't have to be, in my mind. Right. Cowboys need not be present. Right. I think a Western can be defined by the presence of cowboys or some sort of cowboy surrogate. Right. I saw one list art, one list aggregate oh, no. website that defined Star Wars and Han Solo as a Western, fitting the general mold. Right. I, I didn't. I hate Star Wars, so. Yeah, okay. that's true. Um, or it can be geographical mm-hmm. or hugely thematic. Or you can just take a lad in a cowboy hat and throw him in a pickup, <laughs> a la Woody Harrelson and a couple of things. Um, or No Country for Old Men. Yes, definite western. But you had cowboy hat, you had guns, you had bit of an outlaw, and you had setting. Right. And you had Tommy Lee Jones, who has done a lot of he. What Clint Eastwood did with a bit of flash and a bit of pizzazz mm-hmm. with Unforgiven and kind of here's my take on the western. Yeah. Suck it, bitches. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones is just doing quietly. He's had the three barrels of what's his name, Archiatus or something. That doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, it's just this film. Yeah, it's good. You should watch it. Slow burner. <laughs> okay. This is just going to be a podcast of me telling me what westerns you should watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be real boring. Shall we? Shall we tell the listeners what westerns I did watch? So just just so everyone knows, I'm not a westerns person. When when I was but a youth. Uh, my younger brother enjoyed westerns. He was a bit of a cowboy. <laughs> and I see you laughing there, and he won't appreciate that. Um, he he enjoyed cowboy. He would wear a cowboy hat. 
on his head. Uh, sometimes he would wear other types of hats and claim they were a cowboy hat, though they were clearly not. Interesting. Yeah. Children aren't the most consistent. No. But I never really liked Western Shane. I always found them a bit... And this is the interesting thing, you see. Because what I'm about to say... People know I like superheroes, Shane. A lot of people have been in the tiny room. Not at once. It's tiny. No, no it's tiny. <laughs> Maximum three. <laughs> um, but people know I like superheroes. For example, there's Spider-Man. A yeah. famous superhero. A Spider-Man. Yeah, A Spider-Man. There are a variety of other superheroes here. Anyway... What was For saying? example, this other Spider-Man. Yeah, or that Spider-Man over or there. Or that Spider-Man. <laughs> are you, is your argument here that I have too many Spider-Mans? I think my argument is that there are too many Spider-Mans. Okay. Um, there's a busty lady over there. Uh, there's a there's Electra. Yeah. What are we doing here? What am I doing? Just pointing at things and naming Point, them. Yeah. Um, then we're going to move on to what Westerns people should watch. Oh, yeah. But first I was going to say, yes. Bearing in mind that people know people who know me know I like superhero films. And one of the interesting things about liking things is that people will often feel a need to tell you their criticisms of that thing. That's nice of them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't that good? And one of the, the most common kind of criticisms you hear of superhero films is that they're all the same. Interesting. From an outside perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, someone, some sort of loser, gets his powers, fights an evil version of himself. Women are decoration. Yeah. Um, it always ends up in some sort of third act spectacular denouement, but they're all the same, really. And I would say you can level many of those criticisms at what I used to call cowboy films, but for the purpose of this conversation, I would call westerns. Yes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> You'd like some input on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of oh, what I was okay. For. See that? Oh, it's a back and forth kind of conversation <laughs> thing we're going for. You could. I think it's harder to do it now because the body of work that the western or cowboy film, if you mm. will, has accumulated is much grander than the body of work that the superhero movie has accumulated over a much longer time. Obviously, yeah. Um, that's not me criticizing the superhero movie, mm-hmm. but you. There were two superhero or two cowboy movies made, um, Rio Bravo and High Noon. And right. They took different. They were essentially the same kind of film. You've got a sheriff who has to stand up to a bunch of bad guys. Yeah. And then towards the end, he kind of shoots them all. Yeah. And one was made by Carl Foreman or something like that. Okay. Who's brought before the House on American Committee? Oh, those guys wouldn't name people he'd been in the Communist Party with. So he essentially got driven out of Hollywood. And one of the people who helped with that and blackened his name was John Wayne. Oh. And John Wayne uh, made a rebuttal film uh, because he said High Noon was the most un-American thing he'd ever seen. Oh. And he made Rio Bravo. Right. Whereby the sheriff had to fight a bunch of bad guys and shoot them. Yeah. And You've one, described the same thing. Yeah, they're essentially the same film. Right. Uh, it's just the way they kind of came together. Mm-hmm. In the first, nobody in the town would help, and you had this sheriff who was isolated. Nobody had come to his aid. He was driven out, and he went and he had to do it all by himself. Oh. And in the second of them, John Wayne, as the star of it, mm-hmm. uh, had a plucky band of heroes who banded around him. Of good, solid Americans. Yeah, good. So- one of them overcame his alcohol addiction. and Very good. Became like the best damn shooter in this town. <laughs> okay. And shot some bad guys. Yeah. 
Now, there you had kind of a critique of McCarthy-era communist-hunting, mm-hmm. red-hating politics, mm-hmm. but wrapped in essentially the same cloth. Right. So, from the outside perspective, yeah, they're essentially the same movie. Mm-hmm. From looking inside and looking out, they're so wildly different. One is pure apple pie Americanism. Mm-hmm. The other is communist. <laughs> um, the The two... No, where was I going there? The two films that you recommended to me... Recommended more than two? Well, you recommended many, but, you know, I'm a busy man. I have to drive back and forth to Port Leash many times. Over and over. Sometimes more than once in a day. Um, The two that I watched recently were from very different eras. Yes, that's what I tried to give you. Right. I tried to give you a smattering. Right. Um, I won't say what they were yet, but, Shane, just to get us focused on the the kind of topic of discussion of does it relate to superheroes may I refer you Shane to a quote from a certain Ben Co- no that's not him let's just call him Ben Buscombe and Ben Buscombe said this in 1911 right and you may have seen the same sentence almost word for word on BuzzFeed about superhero films because he said and I stole this from the internet uh Western, the Western genre, is a gold mine, which I think is ironic because they're often about yeah, like gold, gold a lot towns, of panning for gold, yeah, and silver mines and stuff like that. Frontierism, yeah. But anyway, he said, a gold, the the Western genre is a gold mine that has been worked to the limit, and he said that in 1911. Prescient, but not really. No, though. not at oh, all. Oh, you're being completely ironic. wrong. Okay, you're being ironic, and um, because Shane Little did he know that in the in the 30s and 40s, almost a quarter of all Hollywood movies were westerns. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for the nice that reaction there. Whispered wow. Yeah. And the, the peak, Shane, remember I told you during the week I was going to research this? Yeah. I did. Well done. Uh, the peak was in 1953. Oh. 1953. How was many were westerns then? More than a quarter. Oh, that's not... It's not. It's not. Well, as I impre- thought you were going to say half. No, it's not as impressive cool. as half or almost all. Yeah. But it's still. I mean, to you're form- talking like more than a quarter, maybe a third. Yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. I think it was like twenty-seven percent. Oh, so close. Not, to not a even. Third. Not even a third. But still, for more than a quarter of all films produced in a year, and this is during the like the Hollywood studio system. Yeah. When, despite being. They'd relatively young, a... they'd make a lot of films. Yeah. Oh, stars just came in in a bus. They were all produced on the same stand, soundstage. Uh huh. And turned them, them out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then, in the in the sixties and seventies, that's when that's when a lot of people say was the decline of the the western because it went from almost every film was a western to you had maybe one or two a year that were financially successful. Okay. Rather than... The production didn't necessarily show down, slow down as much. Okay. But only one or two a year were making it big. And what was taking over at that stage, or what was coming in? Probably war movies. War and crime. Yeah. And cops. You'd had a couple of wars that people would remember. Yeah. Although a lot of the westerns from that period are... You're kind of your kind of Clint Eastwood westerns, which were quite different from the American Pie, Might Is Right, Gun yeah. Shooting, 
Clint Eastwood kind of went into the spaghetti western, which was a little bit rougher. The colors mm-hmm. were more drained out. Mm. The landscapes weren't as pretty, weren't as picturesque. Wasn't soundstaged. Yeah. You didn't uh, have that. Did, 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 did the cowboy music. Yeah. They ended differently. Mm. They ended on the death of either the good guy or the bad guy. Whereas the other ones used to end on, well, yeah, the good guy or the bad guy. Well, the bad guy had been shot. Mm-hmm. And then the ending shot was the good guy going back to his wife and family and settling down or yeah. drifting off into the sunset like a good cowboy. Because that's that's the first one that you recommended that I watched was The Sons of Katie Elder. Yeah, classic John Wayne. Uh, is it? Yeah. I think it's the first ever, and I'm I'm willing to admit this on air, it's the first ever John Wayne film I've watched from start to finish. Wow. No, it's not. I've seen True Grit. Good. Is that a John Wayne? It was, unless you saw the Coen Brothers remake. I've that seen didn't both. have John Wayne in it. Yeah. I like the newer one better. Yeah. I think it was better. Uh, the, I like them The both. child actor was better. Hayley Steinfeld? She's in Bumblebee. Ugh. She's not a child actor anymore. No, she's gone seriously downhill since True Grit. <laughs> <laughs> she's a pop career. Yeah. Like, you come in, you start your acting career with a multi-Oscar winning, like, tour de force. Mm-hmm. And then you go, and what was that one she was in with? Pitch Perfect. Sophie Turner. Oh, that they were Samuel L. Jackson's assassins. Teen Spies? Yeah. I think that's what it was called. Samuel L. Jackson's yeah. Teen Spies. God, it was crap. Yeah, it wasn't very good. That was a weird one, though. That was one that see, it stunk of being made for television. And then Sophie Turner and Hailey Steinfeld became a little bit more famous. And they said... We're throwing Samuel L. Jackson. Throwing Samuel L. Jackson, sticking on, sticking in the cinemas. Yep. See if anyone goes to see it. They didn't. No. No, it was no good. What was it called? No idea. Slightly famous teen assassins? Yeah. Not even a hint of sapphic erotica. <laughs> they were pretty young. Were they? I don't know. <laughs> um, where are we? What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> What's on the podcast this week? Westerns. Um, Westerns are good. Westerns. Katie Elder. Yeah, tell us about the sons of Katie Elder. I watched Shane. And I was, you tell us about the sons of Katie Elder. I was Elder. fucking bewildered. <laughs> I was sitting there watching this thing going, what the hell is this? Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? That was always the thing about John Wayne. He infused a little bit of comedy. Right. Different type of dry wit. Yeah. You know, hey, Pilgrim, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, there was But only in your foot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I mean, a lot of the actors clearly didn't know their lines. Yeah. There's a lot of stumbling over things. There's a lot of starting half a sentence and then breaking character and then starting a new sentence. It's bizarre. I think that type of film has a lot to answer for in the modern political landscape of America. Okay. This big right hook. Yes. Might is right. Guns. Guns Simplistic kind of a John Wayne answer to a problem. I couldn't help but watching it and thinking of Clint Eastwood in Dirty Harry, where he says, I know what you're thinking, punk. Did I fire five shots or six? Because the bullet, they seem infinite. They only reload the guns for dramatic tension. I counted John Wayne fired 17 shots after reloading a six-shooter. Guns were the same as the steering wheels in those old-timey cars where right. you had a background yes. moving. Yeah. You had to keep doing something with it. Like the steering wheel going back and forth. If... That was actual driving. It would be like your good lady friends driving. And pedestrians <laughs> be being milled out of it left, right and centre. <laughs> Take that, women drivers. Um, so yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, I also thought there was a lady character who looked like she was going to be a love interest. 
but she only showed up really to scowl at them. Women frequently did that. Yeah, the the women in it were just kind of fishwives. Yeah, women haven't had a fair shake in westerns, right. and it would be wrong to talk about westerns and not acknowledge how all of those original brown-skinned people were bad, mm-hmm. and how initially, at least, General Custer was seen as quite the hero, and mm-hmm. he died with his boots on, or whatever that was called. Uh-huh. You know, the poor man, ambushed yeah. by all of those people he was just trying to kill. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to kill them and get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just, a simple genocide. I mean, they wouldn't just catch smallpox and fuck off. <laughs> like the Aztecs. Yeah, so he had to go out and do some old-fashioned kill, and then they ambushed him. Yeah, the pricks. Yep, mean... Yeah, I mean, Western's checkered past. Um, come here for a second, though. Then the second film I watched that you recommended was from only about 11 years later. But so different. So different in tone. Yeah, so it was the outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Eastwood had come back to America, uh-huh. was done with the spaghetti westerns, right. had learned a lot from that, right. was moving into this, his own kind of, I don't know if he produced it, but I think he was... He directed it. There was a whole dr- yeah. there was a whole drama. He got the director fired because he didn't like the director's vision. And he got the director fired and took over as director, which resulted in a new law in the Screen Directors Guild called the Clint Eastwood Rule. Ooh. If, a, if an actor or producer fires a director or gets them fired they then can't take over a direction. Nice. I'd like to have a law named after me yeah. for being something of a dick. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, really good film. Yeah. Very good. Um, Some great one-liners. Yeah. Like, both Eastwood and John Wayne and most of the other kind of big Western stars were good at delivering a one-liner. Yeah. A lot of silence. Like, there's a laconic wit to Westerns which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, But Eastwood just nails it. I, my favourite was... Dying ain't no way to make a living, son. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Hair's, my favorite. Hair's on the back of my neck. <laughs> Even with your delivery. Thanks. Even with my slightly hesitant delivery. Um, the thing about that that I saw was the West in that was a kind of filthy, horrible... Yeah, you would see, you can see that Eastwood had learned from a kind of a spaghetti Western type. Mm-hmm. History was starting to be a little bit less favorable to... The old killing the brown people. Yeah. The old Civil War, that kind of era. Mm-hmm. Was looking at it with still rose-tinted glasses, but yeah. less so. Yeah, a lot of raping. There was a bit of raping. A good bit of raping. A lot of threat of raping. One of the most horrific threat of raping scenes I've seen in in the outlaw Josie Wales, where the Comancheros drag a woman from a, a wagon. And then she gets saved anyway, but she's yeah. fine. But um, his real-life girlfriend. Yeah, I think he married her after that. Was that Sandra Locke? Yes. Yeah, married her after that. Not the most age-appropriate relationship, but anyway. No. Um, That's what you get when you... One of the fascinating things about that film for me, Shane, and again, I have not seen many westerns from start to finish. I've seen more Clint Eastwood. I've seen Unforgiven. Have you seen it? Unforgiven is great. Unforgiven is very good. To be honest, I think in a year from now... I won't be able to tell you which scenes I remember from Unforgiven and which I remember from Josie Wales. Unforgiven, like, when you talk about the comparison between superhero movies and western movies, Mm -hmm. you're really hoping that superhero movies continue to expand. You'll finally start to get Oscar-winning ones for, like, best picture, you know. I don't care about the Oscars. But ones that are industry-recognized as being great. Right. Um, That happened with the western. 
moved on and then you kind of come through that where they're still being kicked out and every now and again you'll get your dances with wolves or mm-hmm. something like that or what we like Avatar. to call the Ben Colopy of Westerns. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Ben. Um, you get those, they win awards, but then you get somebody who's been through it start to finish. Imagine like if 30 years from now Robert Downey Jr. came out mm. or Chris Pratt made a film, something like Birdman. Tom Holland. Like Birdman came out and it was Keaton kind of and he'd been through Batman. He knew that ah. Birdman wasn't as good as Unforgiven. Right. But it would be nice if superhero movies down the line had a character who'd been through it, who could relate. There was like the name recognition, the understanding of it. And they made their simple hour and 40 minute statement about what a superhero movie should be. Mm. And then you could just go, yeah, that's enough. I see. That'll do, pig. So, Logan. Logan. Hmm. Getting there. Nearly. Yeah. Getting there. And you could kind of think, imagine if Hugh Jackman had made that when he was legitimately 65 or 70. Yeah. And I think if that had happened, some of the excesses of Logan, some of the things I wasn't that fond of, might have been taken out of it. Yeah, that's where you're heading. That, like, if you want to compare the Western and the superhero movie. Well, we do, Shane. That's why we're going to this whole You're going to churn out stuff as budget things like that become more accessible mm-hmm. you're gonna have sci-fi channel and various other creators just coming out with cheap sci-fi movies yeah cheap superhero movies because i mean you've got netflix now churning out a couple of westerns the coen brothers have a new one out it's a kind of a collection of vignettes the ballad of buster scruggs or whatever it is and mm-hmm. um, that's western in theme mm-hmm. uh, totally different stories within. I've heard mixed reviews, haven't had a chance to watch it. Neither have I. You told uh, me to, but I didn't, because yeah. I was driving back and forth to Port Leash. <sighs> Such responsible driving, not watching westerns as you go. Well, yeah. <sighs> Bloody Port Leash. Go on. Um, but yeah, you're going to have that continued kind of production like you had with the western. Mm-hmm. But every now and again, you're going to hit a high note that just succeeds on all levels. Um... Logan is probably the best example of that so far, but still... Dark Knight Rises? Not no, so sorry. Dark The Dark Knight. The, the so pleasure one. Yeah, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't the statement about... It was a very good movie. Right. But, but I think where Unforgiven succeeds is it's Clint Eastwood's... Anal- it's all... It's Clint Eastwood's essay about what a Western could and should be. Right. It starts off, you've got... William Money, is it William Money? Uh, he's this, you know, he's down and out. He's there. He, he's kind of moved away from the outlaw lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a pig farmer. And next thing, there's a reward offered by some prostitutes. And he's drafted in, but his, his sight is gone. He can't shoot straight. There's a bit of a fuck up with the first attempt to kill a man. He pontificates about what it is to kill a man. Yeah, one of the great Eastwood quotes is, you take away everything he ever was and everything he ever could be or something along those lines. I butchered that quote. <laughs> um, classic Ben. Classic Ben. Um, and then towards the end of it, the Curly Bill. Is it Curly Bill? Little Bill? Something Bill? Gene Cur- Hackman. Curly is... Dennis Hopper is in The Sons of Katie Elder. Oh, excellent. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Don't distract me. Yeah. Gene Hackman kills his friend and he walks into a bar and outdraws everybody and he's instantly transported back to being the classic Western hero who can shoot a man down. Exactly. It's just this 
It's brilliant. I mean, anyone who is listening and hasn't seen that should probably just turn off the podcast now and go listen. Go no, don't. No, no, it. say it for the end Come of the podcast. Come back to us. We'll say have more intelligent things to say. I actually do that. We get two listens, I think, yeah. if people oh, do yeah. it with enough time between it. Take a break. Um, yes. So, Logan, then. Kind getting of close. Getting yeah. close. You could imagine, then, let's say, in bloody... Instead of kind of shooting their wad with stealing a lot of the imagery from the Dark Knight. What's the Batman where he's old? What's that called again? Ben would know if he was here. The one where he's old and fights Superman. Uh, they they Batman stole. V Superman? Well, they stole a lot of the imagery from that comic about old Batman for Batman v Superman. Oh, okay. Um, you're moving your mic a little far from your mouth there. Because um, it really, really hurts my head. <laughs> um, I'm suffering for the art of this podcast and we're rambling. No, hold on. They stole a lot of the imagery, but if you could imagine then get, if Keaton had directed that in another 15 years and he was genuinely a 75-year-old man who had lived through multiple iterations of Hollywood's approach to superheroes and then directed his piece de resistance commentary on superheroes, which is what The Dark Knight was for Frank Miller. That would be the unforgiven of yeah of comic book films. That's kind of where I'm hoping it goes. Hmm. Like, I think the simple analysis of comic book movies, they'll produce more of them as long as they keep making money. Uh-huh. They'll gradually stop making as much money. Right. People still have a passion for them. Uh-huh. They'll produce the occasional really good one. Right. That garners awards and praise and is actually decent. X-Men Apocalypse. No. Um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. No. X-Men... Probably no more X-Men. No more X-Men, okay. So certainly nothing in that universe. Okay. (laughs) It's... They've gone too far. (laughs) There is no first class or days of future past that can drag them back from how much they fuck this up now. Logan. Logan came close. (laughs) Logan did. By ignoring a lot of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, those those films, you can't not ignore it because it doesn't make any sense with, with ignoring it. What do you think, Shane, about the idea that the Western didn't decline, but instead evolved and diversified. And a lot of films that we have are really Westerns in disguise. I would agree with that to a certain extent. Apart from the fact that you set this up as decline in pure numerical and financial success terms. Right. You've you've framed the question to box me into a hole here. Oh, good. Um, Yeah, a lot of, like, I would say that Dread with friend of the podcast Carl Urban yeah uh, is a western right now that what was the other film that was almost exactly the same as that The Raid The Foreign The Raid The Foreign one The Foreign The Foreign Dread (laughs) (laughs) yes that was not a western right and I think the difference between that they both went into a a building a building and had to fight their way out and were lawmen and all the rest was entirely down to the approach of the leading character guns versus kicking not even that. I think you like you could have something like The Warrior's Way, which was a kicking and sword fighting movie, mm. was a western, because you had setting and all the rest. Yeah. But Carl Urban went in and he did his best Clint Eastwood chin acting. Yeah, he did. And was that kind of laconic, taciturn, mm. you know, hero of the piece, yeah. whereas the other guy was panicked and fleeing and right. he's still kicking ass, yeah. don't get me wrong. It, it, probably more efficiently. Yeah, 
With his feet. Yeah. That's <laughs> traditionally how you kick. Um, and uh, what was her name in that? Lena Headley, what was her character's name? Mama. She was very much your classic Western villain. Classic villain. Like you a, had henchmen. Yeah. You had... A Gatling gun. You did actually have a Gatling. You gotta love Gatling guns. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, that was a Western. Yeah. Huh. Um, even things like the Little Weapon series. They're yeah. arguably Westerns. Yeah. Because where's the paperwork at? Oh, I hate paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates paperwork. Um, yeah, I mean, and in terms of decline, you've got, say, Justified, which we all know is my possibly favourite TV series of all time, because mm-hmm. it's about a cowboy. Yeah. Oh, man. But it's in the modern era. It is. That's in the South rather than the West, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Kentucky. That's South. Is it? Yeah. Southwest? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just great. So mm. people should watch that too. Watch watch that. Uh, Justified with Timothy Oliphant. One of your favourites. One of my favourites. Mm. It's the self-control. For anyone who's ever seen Dexter and Punch the Wall as that ended, you won't be disappointed when Justified ends. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just um, great. People have said that what Westerns did by diversifying... Um, and we've kind of touched on it here in a lot of ways, but oh, excuse me, that we d- we haven't had yet the superhero equivalent of what Stagecoach was to westerns, the musical, the fun. I'd argue that we're kind of in that process now. Yeah, we're getting there. Thor Ragnarok was quite fun. Thor Ragnarok was a comedy. Yeah. Deadpool is a flat out comedy. Yeah, no denying it. Um, and then we do Most have. Most of the X Men movies are just farces. Yeah. <laughs> They're the carry on of the. Yes. Of the superhero genre. Oh, Logan. Logan, carry on up the cerebro. Um, oh, that's no, terrible. that's not great. That might be the name of this episode. Um, Shane, okay, let's uh, let's get ready to wrap it up then with some bloody... You've already told us to watch Unforgiven and... Um, Justified. And Justified. Give uh, us a few more recommendations, or I can read out the list of recommendations you gave for me. Man Who Shot Liberty Valance stands out in my mind. Black and white. I want to say Gary Cooper. Could be completely wrong about it. Excellent film. Go mm-hmm. see it. Worth it for the last 30 seconds or so. Oh. Where... Um, Somebody comes up to one of the train and goes, nothing too good for the man who shot Liberty Valance. And the entire movie is like just a rebuttal of that point. Huh. Um, what else do I recommend you watch? I'll have a look here. I'm having a look at my, my list. Uh, uh, what's Hondo? Oh, Hondo. That's I don't know. It was crap. <laughs> was it? <laughs> just Google Hondo. Have a look at the scene of uh, John Wayne teaching a kid to swim. Uh, you said and Tombstone. Wh- Tombstone. Uh, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. The best Doc Holiday ever. Really? Yeah, just go That's on. the most effusive praise I've ever heard for Val Kilmer. Oh, I've got to love Val Kilmer. It was before he got fat. Okay. <laughs> well before he got fat. Oh, good. Uh, his delivery, his gauntness. Like, there's nothing about that movie that isn't quotable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks back. It does the shootout at the OK Corral. And I'd say that scene lasts about a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Which is accurate. You've had other films that build it up and glorify something that was just a back alley fight. Yeah. And they did it justice, I felt. And then you had Kurt Russell, who, you know, we all love. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a bit... Not bad. hotel receptionists. 
No. No, there's always fucking phones with him. <laughs> I mean, well, if I were that famous. He's uh, he's blacklisted in the hotel receptionist union. <laughs> the old HRU. Yeah, great film. Go watch Tombstone. And uh, you also have, I have a text from you here. It says, The Magnificent Seven, the remake, not the original. No, I didn't send that. You did, it's That here. might have been Ben. Oh, quick. <laughs> Very good turnaround. Ben seems like he'd like a remake. Yeah. Go watch the original. It's got that guy who throws knives, which, I mean, not sexually, but that was definitely formative in my approach <laughs> to things. I think anyone who can throw a knife straight is a hero in waiting. I've often said of you that you'd throw a knife at a man as soon as you'd look at him. I would. Yeah. And I'd stick it in him like, Three out of ten times. <laughs> so, pretty safe. Yeah, um, I suppose I have to do the wrap-up that Ben usually does. Yeah. So, um, okay, I don't I don't know. What does he say? He talks about where you can oh, yeah, yeah, make yeah, contact yeah. with you. So, um, tell us... What Smoke you... signals. Yeah. What is... Wagons. Very good. Yeah, I'll, I'll include that now. Tell us about what Westerns... Are... Do you like superhero films and Westerns, or is that only Shane? Is he the only one? Are there other Shanes out there? Is there a Western film called Shane? Yes. Are you I named, named after, after that? It, yeah, Alan Ladd. Very good. Famously short. They used to have to put a plank on the ground for him to walk along beside his leading lady. Really? So she wasn't towering over him. That's very interesting. Um, famously, you're one centimetre taller than me. Massively taller than you, as one I've, centimetre. I've heard it described. Um, yes, been described so... <laughs> as your big friend. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Um, let's, let's say, do you like Western films and superhero films like Shane? If you do, tell us uh, some of your favourite Westerns, maybe ones we haven't mentioned that people should watch. Or, you know, if you have any other ideas about how there are similarities between the genres, either within films, in the structure of the films themselves, or the kind of overall arc of their popularity, let us know in the old comments. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, give us a review. Giving us a review is literally about the fourth best thing you could do for the podcast, other than just directly sending us loads of money. What are the other two things? Uh, sending... Creating loads of fake accounts. Oh, fake uh, listening. Accounts. Yeah, fake accounts. Russians. Yeah, it's only Russians listening. Fake accounts uh, to give us lots of listens. We're also on, as you know, iTunes. Oh, I said that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not great at this. Ben's better at this. Uh, we're on the YouTube. <laughs> Things you don't hear for a thousand there, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> we're on the YouTube where you can listen to this podcast, but also with at least 12 different images, Ooh. which you might like to look at. So Many you know of those will be about. Clint Eastwood. They will this week. And we're on a SoundCloud. Uh, so give us a like and a subscribe and a whatnot. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. And, and thanks, uh, thanks to Shane as well for filling in for Ben this week and telling us all about uh, shooting people with guns and whatnot. 